Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You have your dynamic duo, myself, Jerry and Diane here and we've got two lovely ladies from your stance that are also here to talk to you. We've got Anna and we've got Helen. Hi, Hi ladies. Guys. <laughs> um, would you lovely ladies like to introduce yourselves? Uh, hi, I'm Helen and I am one of the directors at Your Stance, which we'll probably go into a bit more about. Um, but um, in my day job, I am a paediatric outreach nurse. So I um, go around the hospital um, reviewing sick children and sort of making sure they don't deteriorate and sort of creating pathways um, for them. It's a little bit difficult to explain. I've been qualified about six and a half years now. Um, and um i've had a couple of jobs since i qualified but yeah that's what i'm up to at the moment hi everyone hello i'm anna waddington and i am the founder and also a director for your stance and in my day job i currently work in two places so i work in an emergency department and trauma center as both a pediatric and adult nurse and i also work with um an emergency response team in a car and that's it. I've been qualified for five and a half years as well. Sorry. I love how she said in a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, people seem to think it's an ambulance, but it's not. It's a car. You think of it like an ice cream van, don't you? <laughs> In fact, a patient yesterday said, is that your car? And it was a tiny little Ford, like mini, you know, those tiny cars that can barely open the windows. And I was like, no. <laughs> Well, yes, first of all, we'd love to congratulate you guys on Anna winning Nurse of the Year for your stance, which is a great achievement for a great initiative that has been recognised essentially all over London and everywhere else. Yes, uh, she's famous, guys. If you Google her Nurse of the Year, it comes up. It literally comes up. (laughs) (laughs) She's She's really famous. Thank you guys. Yeah, it was a real shock actually. We we got to celebrate it in a weird fashion on Zoom because obviously not sure if anyone else has noticed, but we're in a pandemic. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a um it's been a bit of a, a weird ride anyway with the with the pandemic and um the project that we do anyway but it was um it was even real weird that we <laughs> we were all in different locations just on zoom on our sofas when we found <laughs> out which was um it was good fun <laughs> which is great but no you guys should be proud of yourselves mm-hmm. especially you. for what you guys have achieved honestly it's great yeah and um, so we are your stance and we are a um a community interest company which basically means a non-profit company um and we teach um young people um at risk or vulnerable young people at risk of serious youth violence um life-saving skills so in nursing language that includes things like cpr bls so the recovery position and some hemorrhage control or bleeding control um and we do this in various settings um in alternative provision educational settings with youth offending teams um and youth offending settings with some youth hubs and on the streets on the streets um so we're quite busy and i just checked our um volunteer database today and we're up to 190 volunteers Ooh, wow. I, <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. I was um, pretty overwhelmed by when I saw that when I logged in today and um, we have 
our vision is to teach as many young people these skills because we believe that they are vital and really really needed and um we have taught over 500 young people these skills wow. but i think that that is we are probably hitting more numbers than that now but that's just the last time i counted um so um so yeah so keeps us busy keeps us out of mischief I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and be aware that the entirety of the project is done in our own, own time mm. we're not paid for any of it and actually we all work full time and what's exciting about it is that everyone who's involved in the project um, dedicates their own time but they're all full-time healthcare professionals as well so it is really done in the interest of helping young people be able to survive serious injuries anywhere and I think anyone should be taught it really but our focus is those most at risk. Mm. Perfect. Um, so I mean, we've got a few I questions but go on Diane. I was just going to say, um, I've been like reading around news and things like that. And it's funny that first aid lessons are only becoming mandatory, I think from 2019, from what I've seen an article. And they're rolling them out as like a trial to see. And then the plan was going to become compulsory this year. Yeah. And we know that youth violence has been around way longer than that. Yeah. And it's quite shocking that we haven't got to the root of this issue. or We haven't equipped our young people to help each other sooner than now um i like i was saying before we started recording i think it's it's just an amazing thing that you girls are doing because so many young people wouldn't go to hospital they try to go to someone's house and patch themselves yeah. up and that's why probably why they die because they aren't accessing the right support quickly but if someone has the skills and they're being taught in a setting where with their friends i can definitely see how it can be a knock-on effect them to want to learn and know and then be able to use those skills confidently so i hope that your stance becomes mandatory and i hope the government look at it and actually propel it everywhere because it is so 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 important yeah we we, we agree yeah. <laughs> we, we think it's so vital and i think it's so interesting as you say diane that it's it's only been in the recent years that we've started to involve young people in the solutions and mm -hmm. um they have been slightly excluded from the conversation for whatever reason for so long and only now are we realizing that we need to involve young people in in solutions to help um serious violence and so we feel like um just spending a couple of hours with them and teaching them a few really simple skills um but that can save lives yeah um 100%, definitely and and we know it, it and we know that it works i mean we have heard yeah. of they're all anecdotal, obviously, mm. but we have heard of cases of young people using what they've learned in our sessions to either help people that they see that are, are in an emergency or mm. help someone help them. And that helps them get to the hospital um, safely. Um, so we do know that it does work. But also at the same time as that, something that we're really passionate about is that by working with young people, we're engaging healthcare workers yeah. in mm. setting. So they're able to talk to young people in a different setting about things that they won't necessarily have time to do mm. on a shift or on the ward or even the courage because mm. actually, I mean, we've all been in situations where we're there, we, we've got lots of things that we need to be able to complete in our shift and 
we want to engage a young person, but they're not really engaging and they're quite a lot of work. So actually we end up not doing that. Whereas in these workshops, the whole point is that we're there to teach not only the young people, but ourselves. And so mm, it's a two way yeah. street. And mm. and I think if anything, going on from what you said, Anna, I think it also helps professionals who sometimes deem themselves higher than the young people that we're actually engaging with. Um, mm. It like reassures them. And also we all, we're all on the same level playing field. Yes, we're teaching them a skill, but they're also teaching us a skill because for us that have worked in A&E and in NICU and such places, we've encountered working with young people, but a lot of the other people that we encounter that work with us don't necessarily do that. So I think it's a good way to also bridge the gap. Yeah. I mean, Jerry, you've been to a couple of sessions and you've been to some in the Young Offending Institutes and Mm -hmm. you saw that one of the things that really united us was fear. Like they're scared of dying. We're scared of seeing people die. And we can bring that together as something to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's really powerful. And you see it in practice. Healthcare professionals don't know how to engage with young people. And so they sort of push it aside Mm. and I really it comes from a place of fear and anxiety because they don't understand what's going on and so they just betray what they think is going on and then leave Mm. it whereas our workshops are an opportunity to talk to young people from different settings and you know we're not we're not we're generalizing here but we're saying that in general a young person will probably be able to explain what's going on a bit better than we assume so Yeah. yeah Yeah, you're definitely normalising people talking to healthcare professionals. You don't have to just walk into a hospital and see someone. You can engage in any, with everybody. And also, health, healthcare professionals are still people. Yeah. You know, mm. they're not people to be scared of, not people to be intimidated of. And I guess if you do volunteer, I guess it probably improves your practice because you now know how to engage better. If you are out on a shift and you do meet a young person, you kind of have an idea of what might and might not have happened as opposed to going into it with maybe a judgmental approach or you're trying to be on their level you don't know what to say yeah definitely I I completely agree with that I think that there are times where healthcare workers maybe have like quite extreme compassion fatigue from working in A&E for quite a long while and make these snap judgments about the young people Um, and actually what I think our sessions teach you what teach healthcare professionals to do more than anybody I mean Anna says it really well so I'm just going to steal her line um that 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 we're meeting them for a snapshot of their lives we don't know what's happened before we don't know what is happening in their life we're meeting them at this point and they've got a huge backstory that we aren't as healthcare professionals that have never met them before we're not aware of and we need to appreciate that before we jump to any kind of further conclusions yeah because mm. i think also following on from what um, helen has said we don't live in their shoes we we only see them for that snapshot that people are quick to make a judgment and that's and for me especially partic- participating in some of the um sessions i think it's a great experience of essentially understanding like the background they're from and bring in my nursing background to try and show them something a life-saving skill that they can utilize anywhere not mm. just if they're in a vulnerable situation for example if they're walking down the street and someone collapses these little skills well I shouldn't call them little but these skills that we're teaching them is something they can implement forever yeah yeah exactly and, and it, it's really achievable as well where mm. you know we all know what it's like to be a young person but especially mm. now 
you know, young people are incredibly impressionable and there's a lot of negative light towards specific groups of young people. And so, that, you know, they're impressionable. That, that target, that label gets put onto them and they keep it. And so they're seen as failures. A lot of the young people that we teach will have been failed, I personally think, failed by society in some mm. way, whether that's through education or mm. social, whatever, they've been failed and therefore they have that label on them that they are the reason why they failed, no one else's yeah. fault. And so then we come in with these workshops where they have three skills, let's say CPR, recovery position and call an ambulance, all so achievable and then yeah. they come out flying and so are we because we've all achieved something really mm -hmm. positively. Um, and we're quite passionate about that. We're like, there's no negative comments in the sessions. Mm. You don't tell a young person that they can't carry a knife or they can't do whatever because we have absolutely no idea what situation mm. they have been in. But we mm. can teach them how to do a skill well and help them save a life if they're in that situation. And, and all of our content is, is entirely feedback-based. Um, we run on what the young people tell us first and foremost, and then also the volunteers that we volunteer for. We um, co-opted this phrase called Zero Responder, which was um, made out of some, talking to some young people, which LAS uh, or the ambulance service and, uh, para and paramedics and police are often called first responders. But what we wanted to, for them to know is that they are the zero responder. They are there at time zero. And then someone was like, you should call it a zero responder. We're like, yeah, that's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. I think also um, for them, that would be such a cool thing because they've been able to do something out in the community before any professional was able to get there and actually and help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we know, I mean, the, the, I think there was a big report written by the trauma surgeons at one of the major trauma centers that the importance for these young people's survival is time of treatment, timing mm. of the treatment is so crucial. And we know that ambulances aren't getting there in the seven minute target. Yeah. Um, if someone is bleeding out, statistically, it takes three to five minutes to bleed out completely. So if the ambulance isn't getting there in time, then the patient's going to die. But mm zero responder is able to do the stuff that we've taught them maybe maybe the ambulance mm -hmm. service will be able to do what they have to do and so some of our volunteers will say you're more important than we are because mm -hmm. if you do what we, we are telling you to do then you will probably be the reason why these young people will get to the hospital safely and i think that's that's super important perfect <laughs> i just think what you guys are doing are amazing and because like I come home and I say to Diane I'll say to like my family members that like, it's been such an interesting day participating and getting to know these young people even though it may not be for a long period of time just having that sort of engagement essentially like warms my heart oh good oh good <laughs> so glad we love it too obviously look at us we're like beaming <laughs> I mean, I'm even repping I've got a your stance t-shirt on at the moment she does <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing that that I think is quite important to say is that like as much as I think Anna is probably one of the most amazing people I know, like like there is nothing special about her. Oh, as, in, as in as in <laughs> as in wait a second, what kind of stupid standard compliment is this? But as in, like you saw an area of your service that needed improving, you mm -hmm. asked lots of people what was going on and you started to make a plan there was nothing there was no magic spell that you cast there was no 
oracle that you spoke to to tell you exactly what to do was there and so I would encourage other people that if they do see a gap in their service or they're like why has no one done that that's probably because they you should do it yeah I agree <laughs> I agree and I think that's the message out there is just like try and if you push and and get people mm. involved then usually things can work out I mean mm. we've been particularly lucky mm. obviously bearing in mind there's been a pandemic involved um but we do really encourage businesses we are involved and we see things so much that actually mm. are the best position to to try new projects to try new things because i think that's the thing about medicine is that we can't carry on doing the same thing over and over again mm. and so we should we should try and do different projects and we encourage it mm. perfect and how do you go about finding volunteers like I know you said most of the volunteers were healthcare professionals and I know from my own experience that a lot of people outside would like to participate Great. what type of volunteers are you looking for do they have to um, be qualified or would you would you be willing to accept student nurses so for insurance purposes they have to be qualified so okay. But we are more than happy if you as a student nurses or student doctors, if you're listening out there, we would love you to sign up to our sign up on our sign up form. Um, so that's on our website, um, which I'm sure we can link in at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, our volunteer forms there and then you'll start getting information from us. And then as soon as you qualify, we would love to have you <laughs> and we'd love you to get involved anyway, like even just spreading the word and um being out there on social media with us that's super useful as well for the meantime and then as soon as you qualify we'd love to have you but qualified um nurses doctors physicians associates um and EDAs yeah paramedics eeks do you know what an eek is <laughs> no I'm nothing but no <laughs> they sound like little aliens that we carry in our pocket no they're called it's the emergency ambulance crew member so they are what used to be uh, emergency technicians so the alongside the paramedics there's emergency technicians but they're now called geeks um and they basically are super skilled they know everything they can risk assess they can do all your first aid they can drive the car super super, super fast they're just not registered professionals so they're not allowed to give drugs but they can do okay. everything else so we can have eeks um and something that we didn't say before is that we do sessions with the metropolitan police so actually mm. you have police officers who come who are interested in working with young people only they have to be interested yeah. um, <laughs> and we also have um obviously like london's air ambulance paramedics mm. cool and in terms of the police being involved are they like you said i know you said that they had to be interested in working with young people but would they be essentially oh, that's probably a stupid question um essentially being the police well it's hard to say that they would be essentially the police who would be arrested. well like a t like attending or yeah or attending a call or how does it work? So interestingly, the, the Metropolitan Police approached us um, okay. because they wanted to find a way to get involved. And they were actually trying to find a way to make workshops. And I was like, mm, not sure. Maybe we should try and do something together. Mm. Um, and we were really scared, actually, to be completely honest, because the young people are our main priority. And we don't want to break that um, relationship that we have with them. Yeah. 
Um, and we all know that some police have let down young people and vice versa. And there's a real breakdown of a relationship there. So it was a big fear factor for us. But what we have been able to do successfully is bring them in at the end of our curriculum with some of the schools. So we do six month curriculums mm -hmm. with some of the schools. And um, at the end, when they trust us, we bring the police in and it's a Q&A where they mm -hmm. can ask them whatever they want. And the police are completely aware and ready to answer the questions truthfully. And then they teach them about communication and do all these workshops on things that can happen and de-escalation and all that kind of stuff. And so it's actually a really good workshop and it's probably our most successful one. Mm, um, really good, to be honest. Maybe it I does. my schools. <laughs> I know. Yeah, honestly, you should. Yeah, no, Anna said this to me a while ago. Well, I'm still new. I'm not ready just yet to be like, girl, girl, it's great girl you need to bring that in the new year Definitely. as your little implementation as the new starter. You want to set pace. You need to do it. I'm like, hello, collaboration of services. Yeah, like, I think it would be so good because um, I think a lot of the young people that come that go through our services, especially safeguarding wise, and 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 also like the contextual side to safeguarding as well. This would be such a good. Um... <sighs> Sorry, all my words have gone. Such a good. I want to say session, but there's multiple sessions. Such a good. What's experience curriculum yeah curriculum that's it such okay. a good curriculum for these children to undertake especially for that like, these kids and alternative provisions Absolutely. and the ones that yeah. aren't engaging with school like they might attend the session and realize like you know what, this is actually pretty cool yeah. i'm actually enjoying this and this could also increase their school attendance and a lot more other things yeah. great yeah. But also like one of the things that um we learned from the police session was a question that I hadn't even thought about, but I have always always wondered, but I didn't have the thought to ask was, why is there so many police officers to one individual? Like, yeah. So, so like such a, to me anyways, as a bystander, it's always felt like such an, an assault. And I've always felt yeah. like an ambush. Absolutely. And unfortunately that's how the match how they're taught so they're taught to take someone down with five people so they have one person for the neck so they don't break the neck two people to this and it's like a real like army like thing that they mm. need to do and it's all to protect that individual i'm not saying it's always the right way to do it but that's what they get taught and so even just having that knowledge the young people were like oh oh that makes sense so you're not yeah. this one person you're doing it to protect that person's safety mm. So it's interesting. It's just the conversations that came out of it were good and I would recommend it. So, um, Jerry, let's talk. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got this. It's all up here. Hopefully January 21, we can get something out. And, and it's also like at the end of the curriculum or at the end of these sessions, like, like um, Anna was saying, they learn these skills, but then they're like, oh, well, some young people sort of say to us, well, I could never be a nurse or I could never be a paramedic. Mm. And it's sort of just like breaking that down a bit and being like, you definitely can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And we're sort of exploring how to, young people that are definitely really interested in it and show like a real shine for the sessions, mm. how we can sort of refer them on or how we can sort of help them look into some kind of career in healthcare because mm. I think these young people sometimes feel a little bit written off yeah, and yeah. actually to show them that like there is a career out there for you if you're mm. interested in healthcare believe me there is a career out there for you and we will try and help yeah. you find that yeah. yeah like that takes me back to there was one session that I did with 
I think both of you, with both of you, Helen and Anna, at one of the Young Offenders Institutes, and I remember one of the young people coming up and saying, like, oh, like, I really want to be a doctor, but they won't take me because of my past. And it's like, like you're saying, it's like letting them know that we're just normal people. Some people do, mm-hmm. you know, what the world would call as something bad. But it doesn't mean that you're written off. It may make it sadly harder for you to do things, but there's nothing mm. stopping you. And if we can assist that, or at least somehow facilitate a way for you to start that path, mm. we're more than Absolutely. willing to. And, and yeah. actually, I don't know about you guys, but I, I mean, I went into nursing quite late. I did a, a few other things because I didn't know what I wanted. But, but when I speak to young people, they think, oh, the only way in is through nursing, through an education, like through university mm. or through becoming a doctor. But they don't know about all these other pathways, like becoming a porter so that you can pay for your salary and do your nursing degree or becoming... Yeah. HCA and then going that way or an EEC so you don't need to have a GCSE to uh, actually I think you need GCSEs but not A-levels to do your EEC training yeah. and that's 18 months so mm. actually, and then you can become a paramedic and so there's all these different ways that we I didn't even know about yeah. um, when I was learning so so yeah yeah it's amazing I like um saying what you were saying about that young man he doesn't know that his criminal past could actually equip him to be an amazing doctor because he can relate to so many people yeah because he has been in such a place and I definitely I I want to come into a session just to watch to just see (laughs) how young people engage with you yeah and also to kind of take that back to my teams that I work with and see how we can use that because we can transfer this skill definitely especially when you meet younger people who have been victims of knife violence and they do feel quite threatened and they do have their guard up and if you can relate to them or even signpost them to something like your stance, you're saving their life and probably someone else's. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's something that could definitely be used in your, in your coming services, Diane. You know, as you're trained to be a health visitor, I think it's the one talking to young people. Because I know there's the FNP, the Family Nurse Partnership um, pathways for, I want to say, troubled young women. That's probably the wrong explanation. What, FNP? Yeah. So yeah, the family nurse partnership, which tar- targets young um, young mothers, and they have the same practitioner for two years. I'd say for the whole, so until the child turns two, so from antenatal to two, and they have quite targeted visits. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do sometimes find that you do have those vulnerable families who, when you read their history, you know, victims of of violence, or the father or the mother has been in and out of prison, or they've encountered this, and something like this training can give them the exposure to healthcare. And again, like what we've just been discussing, that could open up ideas that can give them the boost and the confidence to try to get into healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're on your side. <laughs> it's definitely like you don't need like like I went into nursing in a very linear way. So I did my GCSEs, my A levels, and then my um degree and then started nursing so I was a registered nurse by the age of 21 which is bonkers I think anyway <laughs> you know what, looking back now I think it's so young it's it so young as an it elderly is. person as an old elderly individual oh my god I will tell you <laughs> I went late and actually I felt like I was like oh my god I'm around school children like what is this when I was training yeah I think you're so well for me I was so young when I first started um being a registered nurse 
and I think I came to that with very very little life experience and I think that the strength of nursing is the fact that we all come from different places and we all bring something different like you don't just turn up the same nurse you all come with like different elements to bring and I think that the more diversity that we can get within nursing and nursing teams the better that nursing is um yeah and so yeah well hopefully what I like to say is inspiring the new generation of healthcare workers from a non-traditional background because Mm -hmm. a lot of young people that we meet won't have even considered this as an option ever Mm, and like Joe said that you know if you have a criminal background maybe you haven't been you haven't even considered it because you think well there's just no chance Mm -hmm. but actually we know from some of our volunteers who've had criminal backgrounds that there is a chance and Mm -hmm. that's important to show them Mm -hmm. it's just so useful i think everyone if you're ready if you're a qualified practitioner should attend at least one of the sessions or participate in one of the sessions because it's so eye-opening and you also enjoy it as well and you realize more stuff about yourself and the young people that you have more in common than you think definitely yes you can use it for revalidation as well just saying (laughs) (laughs) and we we don't we don't ask much from volunteers if you're just if you're just a regular volunteer then we ask for like one session every six months which is not if you think about it that's not a huge commitment that we would ask of you if you're a lead volunteer that's sort of taking on a more leadership role so you would be like the go-to person for that session um we ask a little bit more commitment from you and you get to have a lovely zoom call with anna for half an hour to do some lead volunteer training with her but it's not a huge amount more effort it's just you'd be have a bit more responsibility on the day um but it's it's still fairly fairly simple as well so it's not like it's this big thing that you have to sign up for it's just um it yeah it's great do it (laughs) (laughs) honestly guys you will definitely enjoy the sessions um and like like the girls like the ladies have said right at the beginning they are at alternative alternative educational provisions young offenders institutes and on the streets and on the streets and a few other places so you have you'll be able to pick from so many different places and (laughs) honestly it will shock you because I've done a few sessions in different places and each time I come out and I'm just like oh my gosh this was so (laughs) different to the last one And if if you're wanting to be more COVID secure, we now run a virtual platform as well. So if you don't feel comfortable potentially like seeing, like spending face-to-face time with other people at the moment, which for whatever circumstance or reason, we get it, you can help virtually as well. Um, So, and that, like we have a volunteer in Manchester that does a lot of our virtual stuff. Um, So it's not, it, it doesn't have to be London centric as no. well. So perfect. And in terms of becoming nurse of the year, how have you how have you found this new recognition? And wow. for and for your stance. Well, if anyone knows me, they know I'm like the biggest awkward turtle in this planet. <laughs> um, I I'm finding it really overwhelming. Um, It's an incredible, I mean, I'm really proud. I'm obviously really proud of the project and um, also 
incredibly embarrassed about everything but um yeah it's it's been great the the kind of options that we get now to promote the project is really great the rcn is really interested in us which we're really really excited about and actually what it's done is it's put us at the forefront of people's agendas which is exactly what it should be i'm not saying the project in itself should be but serious youth violence should be on people's forefront like they should be trying to make this a better thing for young people because actually what it should be seen as is it should be seen as a health problem just as diabetes is a health problem just as obesity is a health problem mm -hmm. youth violence should be seen as the same and we should be treating and teaching sorry we should be teaching healthcare professionals how to look after young people who've been affected because there's so many things about it that we don't really know and we're not trained. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't have anything about young people and social economic status and its impact on their well-being and the no. impacted brain and ACEs, adverse childhood effects. Like none of that was in my training. And no. we're supposed to be specialists in pediatric and young people. So, so that's what it's done. And I'm really excited about it. Um, and it's just weird, isn't it? winning an award in a pandemic because you don't get to actually go and celebrate no was it virtual did you have to do like a zoom party or a zoom celebration shall we say yeah we had a zoom celebration some of anna's families in spain so they could join us which was really nice i'm spanish <laughs> um, so that was that was really fun um I mean, speaking on behalf of the organisation, it wouldn't exist without Anna. So obviously, we're super grateful um, to have her. And we believe that she's well deserving of the award, obviously. Mm, of course. Uh, <laughs> but as Anna said, like, it comes with a lot of great things for us. So we're just trying to ride that wave of like promotion and just also getting the name out there that... Um, the health sector in general has a has a voice and has a part to play in yeah. tackling serious youth violence it's not just a crime problem it's not a social work problem it's not a social care problem it's it's a it's a everybody problem and mm. together we can we can come up with the solution so yeah. i think that's what what we are trying to promote as well is trying to get how we can help young people um as well as promoting our project as well which is quite useful <laughs> and, I, and I hope what it does is it helps us reach one of our goals which is that we believe all A&E departments should be doing something similar um, in you know with young people or with their communities and so we hope to I hope that this award has done is inspire other people to take initiative in their goals and make mm -hmm. it happen so what would what would you say for someone who you know who lives in somewhere out of London, somewhere rural, but there seems to be a lot of st still um, youth crime. What would you say to them in terms of starting projects like this? Um, so Not I'd necessarily say stealing your stuff. Oh no, well, we don't see it that way. You know, it's very replicable. That's yeah. the thing. And, um, and we want to share, we want to share the knowledge. Like do. our vision is one of, we have, we're very, fancy now we have vision statements that we work towards <laughs> <laughs> one of our vision statements well our main vision statement is to teach as many young people as possible life-saving skills so this definitely fits in with it doesn't it absolutely and you know i say people should get in touch with us we're happy to support we're happy to mm. advise if they think that we are at that point where we can advise them we are totally eager to, to help people and i think 
in terms of starting something is the best way is to try and connect with your community to mm. see if they'd be interested in it because we were lucky in that London is desperate for these sessions mm. you know and and see what's already out there as well because Anna worked very closely with a charity called Catch 22 didn't you and we also work with St Giles as well who are to shout out to them they're two amazing charities that help so much with um serious youth violence um and empowering young people and I'd recommend people looking out to see what's already out there sitting down having a discussion with them about how that community how that would look for that community because they will know the best yeah. and then go from there I think because that's what you did wasn't it you reached out to Catch 22. I did a lot of research and mm. got rejected by a lot of people so be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they're looking back now thinking I should have uh. done that. <laughs> 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 I'll take that, Jerry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and do you find, um, well, not that, um, in terms of where you guys hold sessions, are they London wide or are you guys looking to, or are you guys contacting local authorities to see if you're able to do it on their patches? How does that work? Yeah, so we believe in working in collaboration always. We don't think it works if we just go in and decide to do something. Um, and there's a lot of things that are happening in parallel to each other in the NHS. We're very good at doing lots of the same things, but never mm -hmm. together. And I think that's something that we've gone out to say that we're not going to do. We mm -hmm. work in collaboration. And I think that's worked in our favor because it means that we're entering situations with already trusted networks. So mm -hmm. we teach on the streets with very trusted youth workers who know the young people and are eager for us to be there. Mm -hmm. and it's almost like we're in a in like a big jungle or something where entered we're allowed to enter into the animal kingdom no but genuinely because there'll be yeah. like some people ready for you you can come now and you're like okay we're coming <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> it's a bit strange but um it's amazing and it's the only way that it will actually work i think is working in partnership with organizations and with young people because at the end of the day if they don't want it then don't do it because it's them mm. and they're also not gonna learn yeah. as they like yeah yeah if there are young people that walk away or that decide that they are not engaging then they're not going to engage that day but i mean anna's had situations where you've been out on outreach haven't you and like they might not engage the first time you're out or the second time you're out but the third or fourth time you're out because you haven't pressured them or pushed them into anything they will then start engaging and learning um and that's sort of our model is and we never push someone to do anything um today when i was running this session this morning i said if they don't want to practice the cpr that's fine we'll find another way around it um mm. that happened all of them did which was great but yeah. <laughs> yeah we're really and actually interestingly the the schools are always a bit they're like oh so you're not gonna force them and we're like no and actually if they want to leave please do let them because mm. we just don't that's not something that we believe in and the whole mm. point is that it's not compulsory. Of course, in the prison, it's under the brackets of not compulsory, but they can't really move. So, <laughs> so it kind of doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't want to. Yeah. So that's good. Um, they choose us over gym time. So that's really nice. Um, but yeah, no, that's our motto is that if we're welcome, then we'll come and we'll teach. But if we're not welcome and if they don't want to learn, that's fine. You know, you know what it's like to be a young person. Like sometimes yeah. you just with us, and mm. that's okay. Yeah. Would you say that's also 
with the engagement of the the six month course that you guys also run yeah yeah definitely and um we just well we completed our six month course last year and we've just started our second round now um and the teachers came back and said it's the first time in the history of this school that the young people haven't left a session and and then we were like oh cool we just thought it was normal (laughs) um because normally they're like bye i'm leaving um Mm. so it's been it's been great and we're really excited and i was saying to helen like the fact that we run six month curriculums on our own time is really cool yeah no it is it it definitely is but how do you guys facilitate this is it six sessions or do you go into different schools every two weeks or something um yeah so it's six sessions and we're in various schools um each session is the set what that each session is different and each session is run by a different service so this is the one where we have ambulance service um police um and we're really excited to do one on mental health and it's all basically giving them skills that they normally wouldn't have got from a you know just a normal um curriculum and we are looking, so we are, we have expanded. If you look at where we started to where we are now, mm-hmm. it's, it's expanded a lot. We try and work within the area that the hospital that we're based in services, mm-hmm. um, because that's how we've sort of made a lot of our contacts. But um, we're, we're, we're certainly talking and looking to try and expand more across London. Um, mm-hmm. And that's certainly part of our, strategy and our vision for the next few years is to try and expand more across London now we have sort of a deeper volunteer base and um we've managed to secure some funding from both uh, the violence reduction unit for the mayor of London and the national lottery funding um that's, that's sort amazing. of really <laughs> that that's really opened up like a lot of opportunities for us as well which is what we're super grateful for and means that we can look to potentially deliver more sessions which yeah. is what we want to do in the end of the day and we're hoping to publish our data as mm. well because we're collecting a lot of data we're going to write a whole bit about what we found and the other thing is that you need to remember that i started on my own but we're now the seven of us that are leading the project and each leading a different aspect of the project helen leads communications and social media and we've had to teach ourselves everything because mm-hmm. i don't know about helen but i didn't know anything about twitter <laughs> or like what a gdpr policy is no idea yeah. <laughs> boring as that yeah. to as exciting as you do all of that rubbish of like <laughs> working out what gdpr means working out what corporate tax might yeah. be to like sitting so when you go into like a school that i did on like this morning and um one young person's like oh this is the first time I've learned something in a month. And you're like, great, that's what you want. And then you come out like, oh, that's, that's what it all means, you know? Oh, to like, that poor teacher next to him must have been like, excuse me. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So, I mean, you've kind of basically answered my question. I was going to say, is your stance going to go on tour? Are you going to go to, I mean, beyond London? If they want you, will you guys go? I mean, we'd love to, really. The, 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 the main reason the project works is having individuals who lead areas. And so we have a leader for outreach. We have a leader for, you know, the London alternative provisions. And if we have leaders that want to come and, and commit to the project and launch it in their areas, like we are going to support that because I think it should be everywhere. But we mm. need the leaders. And so come forth. 
yeah. join us. Yeah, so let's 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 make your stance go on tour, guys. Come on. <laughs> Honestly, we know that there's a lot of there's a lot of nurses and doctors and other healthcare professionals that listen to our podcast. So guys, give them a follow and volunteer, even if it's just one session. Yeah. You will see how much you can learn and you can take from it. We also know that like serious youth violence is not just a London centric problem. We're aware mm. that it's happening in other cities and across the UK. And so um there is a need for it in other universities and or not other universities, but other hospitals. And we're we would be so happy to sit down and talk to somebody about if they wanted to replicate it in their city. Absolutely. Um, it would be amazing. <laughs> Perfect. We're saying that. Um, how do you guys balance your stance alongside full-time jobs? So, <laughs> you probably shouldn't ask us because we are absolute... Jerry has known us for quite a while now, haven't you, Jerry? Yeah. Um, but um, we are absolute workaholics, me and Anna are. So we quite enjoy working um, quite a lot. Um, but the way I do it is I archive out a day. Um, and I, I, I like try and get a day a week or a day and a half a week where I'll just sit there and I'll pretend that your stance is my nine to five. And I will do that first for eight hours um, and like sit down and answer all my emails. I also do a lot of the finances. So I'll sort out a lot of the finances and like do a lot of those bits. And that's the way I, I manage to do it. Um, Cause I'm not someone that can just chip away at something and then go back to something. I have to sort of block do it in a, in a session otherwise I'll just forget about it so that's that's how I do it is that I carve out a day within my week but how do you do it I mean, I mean Helen makes it sound so good I'm a mess compared to her <laughs> <laughs> who knows how I managed to achieve anything no I am um, I'm the opposite and I think that's a testament to why what you need for a project to succeed is that you need different types of people to run a project and like I'm not like Helen I work on your stance every single day when I have time off in the day or after my shift when I get home or just before I go for a shift and then we have our other director who is Tessa Davis who is an insanely efficient consultant I don't know if you know anything about Tessa but she runs Don't Forget the Bubbles and lots of different organizations and she is one of those people who is like robotically efficient and has mm. basically cleaned us up and made us more a better organization and so we're really grateful for her as well um so yeah everyone does it differently right yeah no definitely we have that help us like we have like a online messaging platform which is really helpful um that's a side of whatsapp or anything else so we can track projects um which is super useful and um we have our own emails that are set up which i find that quite useful as well because then those emails go into that inbox so you can know what um what you're having to work on um this is all tessa by the way yeah <laughs> so she, she sorted us out um before we were like what's up text yeah. blah 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 and tessa's like no <laughs> uh, no no efficiency please but but honestly like it's not been easy you, no. you mm. your days off are not days off as in like i i, I wouldn't do anything else with them but like it it is hard work and it's not been easy but I think because we're quite a small um organization at the moment as much as you put in you'll get out 10 times more and I think mm -hmm. that that's what keeps me going that even though I'll be sitting like 
trying to like wade through a safeguarding policy one day or like trying to answer some emails or sort out the bank account or whatever like you'll see all the all the good things that come back from that and I think that that's what gives me the motivation to keep going no I think that's that's great I it sounds like you guys are managing regardless <laughs> of how hard it may be but you guys are doing it and you're making it look somewhat easy <laughs> how do you how do you find it with the podcast because this yeah. must take up some time no um where do we begin it's not easy but it's not easy but it's a commitment isn't it and yeah like what both of you have said when you're passionate about something it, it doesn't matter yeah mm. like you don't really feel it you feel it but it's not a burden because you want to get it out you want people to enjoy it you want to keep on being consistent and giving everybody the best so yeah it's not easy but you know we make it work mm. and yeah. just like planning our time that like we try and prep somewhat like a week in advance what day can we record what our topics are going to be and stuff like that and sometimes yeah. you know with work patterns it just doesn't work that way trust yeah. me However, like yeah yeah we've done shifts off five. the back of shifts haven't we <laughs> yeah. especially now we're both nine to five it's made things a lot easier <laughs> yeah a lot easier oh my god I also think it's having the right team around you like like Anna said like we we work well together um mm-hmm as a pair and then also with Tessa um and then we also have a great team around us we've got Chantelle um we've got Holly we've got um Amanda, Amanda Katie um, we have a retired GP she's wow. like the best ever we've got Jill we've got <laughs> I'm gonna forget people um <laughs> we've got Lucy she's just come on board but there's lots of people around us that have been super interested in the project and have helped us so much and having a really enthusiastic team around you I'm sure you guys feel it with the podcast like as you're both enthusiastic about it 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 helps just spur the project on and keep it going um which I find like when I see someone's been on um our messaging platform that day I'll be like oh I've got to do something okay I'll do this and that. <laughs> no thank you guys thank you for joining us today and as i've said all throughout guys i think you should all should participate or at least attend one of the sessions or get in contact with your stance just for a bit of more information and you will definitely walk away with skills that you didn't think you had in terms of talking to young people mm-hmm. and keep and doing life, what you're doing life, guys life, life skills isn't it this is this is a life skill the yeah. society that we live in now this is a school you need to have um and not just on the streets of london you could be on holiday in another country and you just encounter something mm-hmm. and i think this is the beauty of your stance is that this is your your decision your choice to get involved and learn something and then apply it and role model it because if you do it someone else might do it just because you've chosen to do it and it's that knock-on effect that we want to create emulate and continue so it can grow and be global it's incredible, Diane. You basically said the reason why we named it Your Stance was because a young person said, so it's my decision. And yeah. I was like, yeah. It's, like, so it's your stance. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Let's do that. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. That's great. Thank you, Jerry, for yeah. having us. And no, really no, of course. Check out our website. So that's www.yourstance.org. Or um, we've got an Instagram, which is at yourstance, uh, RLH. Or we've got a Twitter that's at your stance BLS. 
and there you keep updated with our latest bits and bobs i i run the social media so you can tell (laughs) (laughs) so that's a shameless plug that i'd um that i'd encourage you to to have a look at um at what we do um so yeah please please get involved and at the your stance website that's where you'll find a link that says volunteer and we'll ask you to sign up it asks for your national insurance number and your dbs number you don't necessarily need that to start receiving the emails but if you were then to come to a session we need that certain information for certain specific sessions but one of our volunteer coordinators would let you know that before um before you come so yeah perfect i think that's all for this week thank you guys for joining us again reiterating what helena said you can find them on instagram twitter and pretty much everywhere just type in your stance in google and it will definitely be there and we will also plug them on our socials too thank you so much thank you jerry thank you diane you are so welcome i just wanted to round off by saying that i would say this episode i would like to say is in honor of the memory of damilola taylor um he this young man was obviously killed because he was stabbed in peckham i think it was over 20 years ago on the 27th of November, she wants to say, but she doesn't yet, on 27th of November. And he would have been 31 this year. And we are still in a knife crime pandemic, within a youth violence pandemic. And this is the reason why any of you that are listening, you need to engage with your stance, go and equip yourself with the skill and the knowledge so you can save a life. Yeah, because he he was left to die, wasn't he? And I wonder had i mean there's so many things that we can talk about and mm. i it's a shame that we don't have much time left but but he could have survived had some bystander helped him maybe mm. Mm. no and that to me is so heartbreaking mm. and i just i hate to think of any young person in that situation ever um but if we're able to empower young people with the knowledge to take a stance in a situation then that is our job done and that's why we're here mm. so guys get following and get contacting. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week with another see you episode. Later. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 Bye.